Hello, and welcome to Spam 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 Humbug, Episode 9. <clears throat> it's been a few weeks, and I apologize for that. Um, things got unexpectedly busy for all of us, actually. For myself, for Linguistic, for Sanctimonia, Boolean Dragon. Um, it's just been, it's been a crazy few weeks. It really has. So... For those of you who are still listening to the podcast, we decided to do something a little special because, I mean, there's been a couple of three weeks, uh, you know, we want to get back into the swing of podcasting, obviously, we want to do it with an episode that's, you know, kind of memorable, um, kind of a way to uh, <clears throat> rekindle your interest, hopefully. And what we ultimately came up with, actually credit entirely to uh to boolean and linguistic for this they they came up with something really really great that we're going to listen to in a few minutes here and that's actually going to be more or less the entire run of the podcast will be that um just before we get to that a couple of little things that i wanted to mention first off um starting with this segment and then uh in segments to follow if more people do support the codex want to say thanks to all our patrons on Patreon. Uh, you can find us, of course, at patreon.com slash ultimacodex. Seeing as how this is the first time we're going to be doing it, um, rather than thanking, you know, new patrons, I mean, this is a shout out to everyone, actually, who is already supporting the Codex via Patreon. So a big thanks go out to Stirring Dragon, Seth, Violation, Adam, Chris, Neil, Gabby, and Jason. You're all really great. You're helping keep the Codex running. And thank you so much for that. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over, as it were, to the work, the good work that Kevin and that the Boolean and Linguistic have done. Give it a listen. It's awesome. You'll enjoy it. from the Journal of the Avatar, from the period of history known as the Warriors of Destiny. Day 24 of the 8th month, 189th year of the Britannian calendar. Three days. That was how long it had been since we'd last seen the sun. It half-blinded us as we emerged from the prison caverns of wrong and made us trip and stumble over the rocky coast of Lost Hope Bay, Yet even so, we were glad for its presence. The aches of the travel-weary, the wounds of battle, they can be soothed by rest or by magic. But there is no balm for the palpably oppressive gloom of the underworld, except to escape from it. And between Dupre sliding halfway down an underground mountain amid the cacophony of the rockfall clanging against his armor, and a hallway of explosive traps culminating in a fight with four demons, that had been no easy task. Yet escape we had, with the shard of hatred nestled in my pack, and it was a relief. The six of us each found a perch, taking a moment to catch our breath now that we were back on the surface. The lapping of the waves against the rocks, the steady rise and fall, was soothing. The only sounds of running water in the underworld were the roars of waterfalls, echoing off the cavern walls. The light fluttering of wings had me tense for a moment, until I heard the call that accompanied it and relaxed, 
reminding myself the sound no longer meant the approach of yet another pack of mongbats and the inevitable fight they brought with them, but that of harmless gulls, or perhaps even an albatross. Compared to the dank and dismal place we had just come out of, this was pure tranquility. But as much as I wanted to sit and savor the scenery, there was still work to be done, and my desire to see it finished won out. Reluctantly, I rose. We've still a job to do, I told the others. We make for the abbey. And one by one, they rose as well, without complaint. Long as it was, the walk through the deep forest was refreshing in a way. Though the thick canopy filtered the sunlight, it was still brighter than the torches we were forced to make use of in the underworld. And better still, instead of seeing little more than the inky black beyond the glow of the torch, here in the forest, we were treated to a display of nearly every shade of green imaginable. Shamina was certainly in better spirits because of it, humming a jaunty, though slightly off-key, tune as we walked. Yolo only just managed to hold back a grimace, though not well enough to keep from amusing Yana in the process. The snap of twigs beneath our boots, the twitter of the sparrows in the trees, the rustle of the leaves as a squirrel darted along a branch. They were far more comfortable noises than the reverberations of the caverns. Still, as we neared the keep, my unease grew bit by bit. I remembered well the encounters I had in the Lyceum and Serpent's Hold. How could I possibly forget them? The whispered lies with just enough truth to make them believable that filled my head in Faulinay's presence. The crippling fear that came from Nosventor's approach. That fear that had come far too close to overtaking me. Though the Shadow Lords could be banished and defeated, it was not so easy to do the same with the vices they stood for. At least this one would be the last. The towering trees thinned eventually, traded for the crenellated stone towers of Empath Abbey. We wound our way around the greenery and merrily bubbling marble fountains of the courtyard through the expansive archway on its eastern side. Ascending the stairwell there, we walked down the wide, inviting hallways until we arrived at the alcove where the flame of love was kept. Barbara, the flame's keeper, curtsied as we entered, and I bowed slightly in return. "'Clear the room, if you would,' I told her. "'And I think it would be best if you made sure none enter until we emerge again.' If Lord Michael spoke the truth, then those living in the keep had never felt the effects a Shadow Lord could have on their mind when encountered face to face. I wanted to keep it that way if I was able. Barbara asked no questions on the matter, just curtsied once more, replying, As my lord requests. She walked out of the room, shutting the solid oaken door behind her, and that was that. I turned to the flame, watching it crackle and dance, not the cool blue of the flame of truth nor the brilliant red of the flame of courage, but a soft, pleasing yellow. Then I cast my gaze upward. The room, unlike the others, was left open to the air, and I wondered briefly what might happen if it rained. I shook the thought from my mind, taking out the shard. This was no time to get distracted by idle musings. I took a few breaths to steady myself, then called out clear and loud, Astaroth! The name rent the air, echoing off the walls before the darkness descended, and I'm still not certain I didn't hear a thunderclap, despite a cloudless sky. The shadows deepened, thickened, drew themselves together into the form of the Shadow Lord I had just named, glowing red eyes deep in a face hidden by a cowl, and I was no longer in the abbey. Instead, 
I was thrown into the midst of vivid memory. A father's whimpers, begging for mercy from anyone who passed by, slammed into the stocks for simply not giving enough to the poor, and that mercy not for himself, but for his child, who shared the same fate for neglecting to turn in his own father. A man rattling his chains behind bars, cruelly imprisoned, desperate for news of the boy he'd been torn away from, hope fading with each passing day. Blackthorn's dungeons catching glimpses of the instruments of torture kept there, the frenzied cries of their victims thrashing against the unforgiving iron restraints still hanging in the air. Shamino, glowing bolt driven deep into his chest, struggling for each raspy breath even as they intertwined with barely suppressed groans of pain, not knowing whether they were his last. The faces of dozens upon dozens injured in some way or another by what the shadow before me had wrought. And my hatred burned. An absolutely murderous scream tore from my throat, piercing the illusion. And I lunged, wanting to rip, to tear, to destroy, to kill. Only to find my shoulders gripped by Dupre on one side and Yolo on the other, restraining me. And my axe in one hand hadn't recalled it being there before. Past grievances drifted through my head, magnified into full-out rage, tempting me to fight against my own companions, that seething hate still bubbling beneath the surface, demanding I turn it on those who would dare hold me back. Swallowing hard, and with great effort, I shoved those temptations aside, casting the shard where it clattered into the brazier. The flame burned brighter, grew larger, and the calm, steady glow became a full-out blaze, roaring as it caught the Shadow Lord's cloak, consuming Astaroth, who protested the inevitable with an unearthly shriek, but splintered the clashing light and darkness into a thousand pieces. And then it was silent. Nobody breathed for the space of a few beats. And then John's voice. It is done, then. I turned to face him, and nodded once, enough of a pause to steady my own voice. It is done. All right. Well, hopefully you all enjoyed that. I thought it was a great listen. That was wonderful and real. Uh, compliments and kudos to Linguistic and to Boolean for, for pulling that off, for putting it together. <clears throat> the the complete or more or less the complete transcript will be uh, will be in the show notes. It was written by Linguistic. Uh, Boolean made a handful of corrections. 
Linguistic did the voice recording, and then Boolean handled a lot of the sound mixing. He handled all the background sound effects. Um, really, really crazy, slickly put together. That was just... That was a wonderful, wonderful piece of work, guys. Thank you so much. Okay. <clears throat> just a couple of little sundries to close out the episode here. Um, regarding Shroud of the Avatar. This news is a few weeks old now, but the Ultima Codex was actually uh, graced with the privilege of being the initial host for the Shroud of the Avatar fan site kit. It's a collection of assets and graphics put out by Portalarium to assist anyone who is looking to create a Shroud-focused website in achieving a visual feel consistent with that of the official website of the project. Of course, since then, the look of the Shroud website has actually changed some. Um, and so Portalarium actually saw fit to reissue their new fansite kit. The Codex was once again very happy to play host to that. The link will be in the show notes. So if you want to build yourself a Shroud fansite kit, we have, a, or a Shroud fan site, rather, we have the kit for you. Also, uh, we talked about the Shroud of the Avatar companion apps uh, once or twice before. Uh, one of them has actually now been released formally on the iOS app store. Actually, I think both of them um, may be out now. I know for sure Materio's SOTA community application is available as a free download. Uh, this is the app, you'll hopefully recall, that is focused more on the uh, the community that has emerged around Shroud of the Avatar. So within it, you'll find news feeds that aggregate from a number of Shroud of the Avatar fan sites. You'll find the Avatar's radio stream, actually. Uh, you'll find an embedded IRC client. I believe using Kiwi IRC as the tech that connects to the official Shroud chat room. Uh, there's an events calendar and even an embedded viewer for content from SotaWiki. I think the app is still, last I checked, in beta on Android, uh, so I'm not sure when we'll see it on Google Play. Um, and I don't necessarily know if it's available on non-US App Store portals. Still, it might be worth checking out if uh, you can see it in the iOS App Store. Uh, if, that is, the Shroud community is something you keep tabs on. Um, there's also, of course, Brenton's Shroud of the Avatar companion app. Um, this was the one that had all the in-game reference materials and maps and crafting recipes and the like. Um, he actually took that app and he ported it to Unity, so that has made the app effectively cross-platform. He's now essentially using the same code base to build both iOS and Android versions. And as far as I know, actually, that has been released. Um, it was about three weeks ago when I had planned to mention this, and things have changed a lot since then. So uh, if Shroud of the Avatar is something that, you know, you play or test, rather, from time to time, uh, and, you know, you want a quick in-pocket reference for um, the crafting recipes or skill trees or maps or anything like that, uh, this would be the app to look for and focus on. All right. Um, I don't actually have any shout-outs to offer this week, so I'm going to offer another round of shout-outs to Linguistic and Boolean for pulling off that excellent little dramatic reading just now. Um, <clears throat> for all the rest of you, of course, you know, remember, if you'd like to recommend anyone for a shout-out, uh, send an email to ultimacodex at gmail.com, which you can also use to suggest podcast topics, offer commentary, criticism about podcast episodes, or volunteer your time as a contributor. As well, if you haven't already, you should definitely sign up with the Ultimate Dragons group on Facebook or the Ultimate Dragons community on Google+. Or, if you're on Twitter, contribute to the UDIC hashtag. 
That's right, dragons on Twitter. And of course, again, there is the Patreon. Um, a $5 pledge will get you access to Spam 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 Humbug episodes the day before they go live. And of course, you'll be helping to uh, maintain and with sufficient funding, expand the server infrastructure of the Codex to better deliver all the things you come looking for thereat. Until next time, avatars, be thou virtuous.